Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's like going swimming. You'd be getting, you know? be getting waterlogged, man. Yeah, yeah. So you do that. There's, there's that work for the dead. It's all about work for the dead. Um, and then later on, uh, there is, uh, you have to be washed and anointed. So back in the day, you'd be literally, you'd get in a bathtub and a priest would hold there, you'd be naked and they'd wash all of your, just your whole body saying a certain prayer at the same time about washing your loins, your arms, your legs and different things. So would and, the men wash the men and the women wash the women? Yes. And then you get out and they'll anoint you with oil all over okay but these days you just do it um kind of a few little bits like they'll just anoint your chest and and different things you don't get a whole wash anymore and you got to wonder if god had an issue with having to get the whole body washed back then now these days you only get a tiny bit washed you're just like well has he changed his mind well um, you gotta figure, man we got running water now god figured you, you probably washed yesterday you know <laughs> So you well, probably feel clean. You ain't too dirty from yesterday. Yeah. Here's I mean, my question to you, PD. How um, nerve-wracking <laughs> is that? Because, I mean, you're waking up every day knowing that you got to get somebody baptized. You know, you got to do all these different things to do this worship. I mean, how, how, how does a person get through their day knowing that they've got to do these rituals? Okay, so the church is big on saying to everyone, you need to be going to the temple as much as possible because we need to get everyone through the system, you know? And, and when it comes to like a baptism is really quick a washing and anointing is really quick because it's like five minutes, you can do them over and over and over again. But when it comes to the next stage, which is the endowment that takes two hours, that's like you go in and there's, there's a, there's a 45 minute video presentation about the creation of the earth and you do all the signs and tokens and you pass through the veil and give all the signs and tokens that takes a long time so they want people to be going all the time because once you've gone and done it for yourself you have to go back and do it for all the dead people okay and you you pretend to be that person for the two hours um yeah yeah and do it (laughs) do it vicariously okay so so you do that repetition a lot of repetition yeah, yeah, it's just the same thing over and over. Like the amount of times you fall asleep during the video presentation, because you sit in what's like a little cinema, okay? Um, and the lights go down and you, for the, maybe the first 20 minutes, half an hour, it's just movie. Nothing happens. There's no need to get up and sit down and change your clothes. So it's it's pretty boring. And you there's it's the same thing over and over and over for two hours. So, yeah, you go and do it, but you're doing it for that person. But I think the church, they, they, they've got that, but they use it as a leash for people because to get into the temple, you have to have a temple recommend. And a temple recommend to get one, it lasts for two years. It's a little card, and it's signed by your bishop, so like your local elder, and mm-hmm. your stake president. They look after like a group of wards, like a little region. Okay, so you have to go and have an interview, two interviews, and it's the same questions in both interviews, 15 questions, and they're all yes or no answers. Do you believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God? Do you believe 
that the current president of the church and 12 apostles are prophets, seers, and revelators. Do you pay your tithing? Do you keep the word of wisdom? Do you pay the, uh, uh, observe the law of chastity? So there's all these questions about living the life. And if you don't say yes and no in the right places, so there's ones about um, associating with people who are against the church. Do you associate with people who live uh, otherwise in accordance with the gospel? You know, so if you're part of a group, so people who come on here would have to say, yes, I do. And then they wouldn't get a temple recommend. And then you have to go and sort that out in your life and then go get your temple recommend back because only temple recommend holding adults are on what they call the covenant path. And the covenant path leads back to Heavenly Father. So to be on the covenant path, you have to have your recommend. Even if you can't get to the temple, you have to have your recommend and be living your life as though you were attending every day. And then, yeah, you, you can go to the temple. And I don't think we're not as bothered about going to the temple, I don't think, as you guys were about missionary work. Yeah. Like I got they, a question. Okay, you said something about two years. Okay, so like all the stuff that you just told me to do, that you do, are you doing this for a lifetime or are you doing this just for that two-year period? You do it for a lifetime. Ooh. So the, <laughs> okay. The recommend is basically it lasts for two years. So every two years you need to go do the interviews again um, and sort yourself out if you're can, not can living. Can I ask a question? Go for it. From your from your own observation, and I know this is just based on you know your your own experience, I, and I, I recognize that. What is the level, man, of people struggling with like guilt, anxiety, just feelings of worthlessness? I, I can't keep up. I'm not doing enough because, as in as in the Jehovah's Witness religion, we have certain things that we did as well, and you were measured by it, and you understood. It was a direct reflection on your standing before God. That's basically what it meant. You were either a spiritual person or an immature person, spiritually weak. And so people, so how do people in your religion deal with that level of stress of, of run faster, run faster, jump higher, jump higher? Yeah, I think it's it's awful. Scrupulosity, you know, it's that kind of OCD about your spiritual health and some people really struggle with it. I really struggled with it, you know. Leaving the church, my mental health is so much better because I don't feel <laughs> daily yeah. guilt guilt or shame yeah. for either not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or not visiting that sister I'm supposed to visit. And it's just, yeah, it's awful. Yeah, yeah you, you, you wow. touched on a good word, OCD. I mean... Like JT mentioned earlier, if you didn't already have issues before you became a Jehovah's yeah. Witness, then the laws and stuff that they put on you would make you even go even more crazy. But it's almost like when, when I listen to what you're saying, I had went to a um, recovering from religion um, meetup several years ago, mm -hmm. and the people that were actually sponsoring it was in Alexandria, Virginia, and it was actually a Mormon. It was like a Mormons group. Yeah, it was. And yeah. when the when the when one of the persons told me about that when I was at that meetup, I was like, "Oh my God, my personality type! I could not be a Mormon." I mean, because it's so much repetition, and it's it's just yeah. like I couldn't do that. I I just couldn't wake up every day thinking that I'm so far behind. I got to sit in some forty five minute presentation and things like that. 
I couldn't do that. Yeah, it'd be it's difficult as well because the Mormons pride themselves on not paying anyone anything. They're like, oh, we we have volunteer everything, but we we don't. There's there's a lot of you know the apostles and the the, the really big leaders get six figure salaries and yeah. million dollar handshake golden handshakes and things like that. So, it's, but when it comes to temples, they're all run by volunteers. So they don't just want you to be going and doing it. They want you to run the place as well. So you go to be a temple worker and you have to commit and say, right, I'm going to give so many hours every week and I'm going to drive an hour to the temple and I'll be there, you know, every third Saturday I'll be in the temple. Uh, my parents for three years lived at the temple. They were the temple president and matron and they're still big into church. Um, so that's their thing. But you do Powerful three years. Title. Yeah. Three years living there every day um running the place so it's yeah everything's centered around the temple but you can't tell people that because if you told like an investigator we call people who are looking at we call them investigators if you told an investigator you're gonna have to go to the temple after a year or maybe it's six months now i'm not sure um but after so long we want you to go to the temple take out these secret rites and then you're going to be held to that level constantly, you know, walk around with the temple recommend questions in your mind. Am I keeping up to my temple recommend? And that's the first stick that they will beat you with. So when I know another YouTuber and she's still at church and you know, they, they're like, are you living in accordance with your temple recommend? Does your YouTube channel, qualify you for a temple recommend oh my god and 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 but that's what they do that's it's the first thing they'll beat you with so it's amazing this you're talking about a physical beating no spiritual beating (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i don't know because they finish with you (laughs) well yeah but you know you said he said there's a stick so i'm thinking hey look it's not getting the beating over here (laughs) (laughs) no it's the rod the rod that they beat you with you're like this before we move on okay the pinnacle in the temple is to have your second endowment or your call in an election made sure and that is for uh, couples who have done everything they need to do in this life to achieve godhood okay and they they bring them in and an apostle will come and wash their feet and declare them uh, saved and that they are exalted and that they've done enough and that the only thing that they can now do in this life to ruin it for themselves is to deny the Holy Ghost. But everything else is is okay now because they've done enough. Wow. And you're like and that's that's super secret now. It used to not be secret, but then I think it got to a point where everyone wanted it. So now it's just <laughs> Now it's just a super secret, even from like endowed Mormons who've been to the temple and done everything. When they hear about it, they're just like, no, you can't be made a god in this life. No, you can. You go and have your second anointing and wow, you are a god incumbent. So being made a god means they don't have to do all the rituals anymore? No, they do. They, they keep going because they've, they've got to that level in the church where all they oh. do is church work. Okay. So, I'm trying to find a. I'm trying to find a place where somebody can finally sit down. <laughs> no, not not in no, this place. No sitting no, down. Like, no sitting down. <laughs> okay, so I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm Go gonna ahead. I'm gonna give I'm the sorry. Mormons 
that one. I think y'all, I think y'all got that one. Y'all got yeah, that. Y'all one. definitely got that one, boy. Here we go. Exactly. Save that one. So we're we're on one one right now. We're drawing. Wow. Uh, see, see what ne- <laughs> what's next. I love this. We can do this more. This is amazing. <laughs> I didn't realize that, that that you guys would. I mean, I'm learning a little bit more about the your religion now through this. Number two. Number two is us versus them persecution complex. I'll let you guys oh, go boy. first. Oh boy. Oh goodness. Yeah. <clears throat> That's everything. Yes, yes, pretty much everything, man. Any anyone who speaks negatively against God's people, that's persecution. And the persecution complex, in, in fact, if you read some of the older publications, the president of the Watchtower Society, they would actually write articles knowing that it would in it would it would elicit a blowback from perhaps people who were like very strong political believers in their country. They knew what it would do. But of course, it made the witnesses stronger, quote unquote, because they told them people are going to hate you. It's, it's the same thing with, with, with David Davidian. He told his people the government was out to get us. The government's out to get us. The, the guy, the guy in, in Waco, Texas. And you can only imagine you're four years old, seven years old, nine years old. You look out the window and what do you see? You see the entire surrounding of your complex with military equipment. That's exactly yeah. what David said. David said they would come to get us. And so the same with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, one of the things that witnesses will do is they'll make it seem like they're the only ones who's persecuted, like in Russia. Right yeah. now, if you talk to any Jehovah's Witness, you would think that only the Jehovah's Witness denomination is having problems. Just us. And the reason why? Because we God's people. The fact of the matter is Russia don't really care much for American religions because they think you know, the, the communists believe every religion from America is part of the CIA anyway. So they don't even care. Uh, <laughs> but the witnesses believe that their persecution is a result of, like most, we're God's people. And when other people are suffering, right. it don't count. It don't count. So, And, and the way that works, and, and then just to further expand on what JT was saying, the way that works is whatever we believe in that other people don't believe in, that we now get knocked up. Like when people start coming and, and going against us. So like we're talking about the flag salute. We're talking about going to war, working for military inst- installations. We're talking about no holidays, no birthdays. Um, just anything that, that goes against the grain of what, like no blood transfusions. Yeah. It used to be no, no um, organ transplants. It used to be no skin grafting if you were in a fire. So if anybody went against anything that you did and started, you know, attacking you and saying, I can't understand why you can't do this it's against them kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. The us versus them. That's, that's a very strong uh, tool in high control groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have a similar thing. Uh, the church in its infancy with Joseph Smith, the the saints went through an like loads of physical um, kind of uh, attacks from the local uh, militias and the locals. And it was always put up as, you know, these militias are controlled by Satan and yeah. they're attacking the saints, they're persecuting the saints. And the the members, the early Mormons, were driven further and further west mm-hmm. by by this until they got to Utah, which was obviously you know uh, virgin ground for the Mormons. But there were loads of Native Americans that lived there, and they they got rid of all them. But yeah, the this whole there's there's something called Horns Mill, and it was a it was a time where the militia came 
and there was there was lots of issues because the Mormons would move into a town and they'd be like taking over. They show up like five hundred strong to a town that's only a hundred people, and they'd be like, "Right, we're we're taking your town," you know. And everyone gets angry about that. And then when they start taking their daughters as polygamous wives, they get Ooh. really angry about that. I guess they did. Okay, so they're they're like, "No, you're not taking my daughter." So everyone was really angry whenever they came because they came in such strong numbers and had such weird ideas and expected the world to just kind of bow down to Joseph Smith. You know, that guy, he, he made himself, they, they started a town called Narvu, okay? And they got a town charter from the government to start this town, and he made himself a colonel of the Narvu militia, and he'd walk around in a colonel's outfit. Okay, oh my like, goodness! Like the full, the full deal, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. So he he crowned himself king of the world. Okay, that's oh, how wow. like crazy this guy was. But Hornsmill was a time where a local militia came and a bunch of guys and and young boys who were working the fields who couldn't get away. They gathered in this mill for. Um, protection and basically the militia came and, and wiped everyone out mm-hmm. but it's seen as like a thing like how it's held up oh we were persecuted like this um to the point that they they took their lives and it's the same thing i think they're like whenever persecution comes it's just like the early saints and satan trying to to you know pull us down and yeah they they don't like it and there was something they always say the prophets would say you need to live in the world but not of the world oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah. you can love yeah. the, love the sinner but hate the sin yeah yeah okay and because everyone's going to be a mormon one day anyway because we're, <laughs> we're going to baptize you all in the temple when you're dead oh, yeah that's amazing so you know we, it's okay but i think from from what i've heard from from your side Everyone who's not a Jehovah's Witness is like damned to destruction anyway. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you, right. the watch, Jehovah's Witness teach a very simple teaching. You're either on God's side or you're on Satan's side. And since we on God's side, <laughs> the rest of y'all, we know where y'all at. And so it, it's it's a very simple black and white. It's easy. It doesn't require you having to deal with an individual personality their own likes and you just can just when, whenever you can broad brush entire groups this is just the history of broad brushing in general whenever you can broad brush an entire group of people it's easy you know, you know you, you that's what hitler did hitler understood if i can just broad brush an entire group then you won't have any feeling for them and so that is a very effective tool and, and that's what the way with witnesses witnesses understand if i come to your door I mean, there's so many. When a witness comes to your door, knocks on it, and they walk away, they will say, God will sort them out. And they're not talking about you on their side. That's not what they're talking about. Right. So. (laughs) But not only that, I feel like when when the Jehovah's Witness, when I was just mentioning all those things that they do or not allowed to do, if a person comes up to you and starts to say something about you and that belief you have, then they'll just let them know, let you know that. That's because they're on Satan's side. Yes. And Satan allows that. And so, but but by you being over here, they'll tell you that you're being attacked by Satan. That's why, yeah. you know, and so at that point, 
They even had an assembly program, a district convention, where they had this video called The Bunker. And at the in the bunker, they were showing how eventually there's going to be a time when Jehovah's Witnesses are going to have to have a bag packed at any given time to be on the run. And they were going to have to run to some bunker because Satan and all of his minions were going to be after them yeah. because they were the only people with true worship and yeah. they're going to come after us. And so yeah. they had all these little kids that were scared and thinking like this one man said an email saying that his, his granddaughter doesn't want to go anywhere without her mother or anybody. Now she's like 10 years old because she's afraid that she could be out into the world somewhere. And all of a sudden they got to get to a bunker and she won't be able to get there with her mom. So she doesn't want to go anywhere now. Oh and I got gosh. the email about a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you guys win that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it to you because no, <laughs> Because okay, so Mormon, Mormons were always told you got to have a year's supply of food in the house. So I always grew up. There was always like a, a pantry or a closet or a cupboard. Oh, really? Full, full of canned and dried food, because everyone was told for decades and decades you had to have a year's worth of dry of food supply um, for the end, basically. Yeah. And now they've gone to seventy-two hour packs, so everyone <laughs> should have. For every person, there should be a backpack, okay? Oh, and with, with with the whole Ukraine-Russia thing, it's kind of poked its head out again. Yeah. That everyone has a backpack with 72 hours worth of supplies. supplies. They, even, they even gave out like a list of supplies that you should have in the 72-hour pack. Yeah. So, but I think because you guys see like, or did see, sinners as like just the devil's uh he can have you and you're screwed whereas mormons are like no don't worry about it man we'll sort you out when you're dead so but well, i think you get you, you get that one um that's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> okay let's see what the brethren have got for us now good oh boy these were okay. religions man they be messing with people <laughs> Number nine. Religions be messing with people, man. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the bite model. Right. Number nine. Missionary work. Woo! That's a good one for, for both of us. I'll let you guys go first. I can already tell you, you, you guys are probably going to win us on that one. Yeah, guys, on that one. I don't know, you know. Everybody that's one of Jehovah's Witnesses not, has not been a missionary. There's not that many missionaries in the Jehovah's Witnesses because. We, we have something called regular pioneers, but, but a regular pioneer is not really considered a missionary because all they got to do is just get, uh, it used, when we were in, well, back in, way back in the day, it used to be 100 hours a month to be a regular pioneer. Then during our time, it was like 90 hours a month. Now it's like 70 to 90. So that regular pioneer would um, devote 90 hours a month to knocking on doors and but the only difference that would that would be from your group in missionary work is this person is committed to do this for the rest of their life or for the rest of how long they can do it they, they, there's no real end date you see this is why i think it's a close run thing because we do two years of intense missionary work you know and then you come home from your mission and you're all g'd up about missionary work and sharing the gospel but that wears off after a few weeks. 
<laughs> and there's no strict requirement for you to carry on knocking on doors. So I think a lot of people see that they did their two years and now it's up to someone else to, to do their two years. Whereas you yeah. commit to a lifetime of so many hours a week knocking on doors. So I don't know. I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I've always like I've always I've always thought the mission the missionaries for for the Mormons you did it for two years, but yeah. for Jehovah's Witness you are required to knock on doors every month and report how many hours you knocked on doors, and if you fail to report, then of course at that point you get you get you get on the bad boys list. Um, and but yeah, you a witness will never be able to stop knocking on doors. And yeah. if you can't knock on doors, write letters. If you can't write letters, make phone calls. You will have to move Watchtower's products. You, you, there's no point where you like you, you don't have to move the products anymore. You will always have to move the Watchtower Bible and Track Society's products all the time. No, there'll be Mormons the out about, there. Who never. But, see the, but see the thing about the Mormons is they got all those other rituals that they yeah, got to do. Stuff, so yeah. they got to do that. You know, you guys, because you guys are going knocking on doors too. But but you get away. You get a chance to get away from that. But but you still got these other rituals you that, that you have to do. Baptisms, you guys. I mean, I mean, it, I'm telling you, man, religions, man. They, oh my God, they come up with some of the. When you look back at the Pharisees and the washing up to the elbows, that's your first indication of just how crazy religious leaders can make up rules that ain't got nothing to do with Jack, but they make them up and they enforce them. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. But I got yeah. a question for PD. So, so here's my question: um, What do you think is worse? the the two years of the missionary that you got to do or all of these other rituals what is what's uh, worse? The, the two years really because, yeah because because with the, with the other thing once you've done your own you can go back once a month maybe some people won't go back for weeks they don't keep a record well they probably do keep a record but they they won't they won't say you've not been this month they will just continually encourage people to be going as often as you possibly can and if oh. they need workers they'll be saying we need workers please and if it gets really bad your bishop will pull you into the office and say can you commit to do this but it, it isn't like set constantly but as a missionary for two years they as, as a missionary for two years you everything about what you do for those two years is set down in a, a routine that the church has decided. 6.30, you wake up. If you don't wake up at 6.30, then you're in trouble, you know? And your companion's always there. So the only time you're not with your companion is like the handmaid's tale. The only time you're not with them is when you're in the shower or using the bathroom. Um, you sleep in the same room, but not the same bed. You're not allowed out of the sight of one another. Um, and it got to the point where if I lost sight of my companion, I started to panic because you're with that person constantly. And the companion is always changing. Sometimes you get a, someone you just can't get along with, but you have, <laughs> you have to get along because there's no, there's no way to change it. If you, if you call the mission president and say, I just can't get along with this guy, you're seen as like a trouble causer and you won't, you won't get up the levels and, and be the leader that you're supposed to be. So you just have to kind of learn to live with people. So that's a life skill, I guess. But 6.30, you wake up, 7 o'clock study till 9, and then you work from 9 till 9, and then 10.30 lights out every day. The lights are on after 10.30, you're in trouble. 
Okay, so my next question would be for you then. Um, I thought that two years was supposed to be actually going out knocking on doors. So, you know, at what point is the person doing this door to door work that's uh, on this two year mission? Yeah, so on the two year mission between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. every day, apart from one day. So you get one day called P day, which is your preparation day to be able to go out and like do your laundry, send emails, write, write letters home. Uh, but from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m., that's your working hours, a 12-hour day every day. So your work, uh, knocking on doors, standing in the city center, stopping people, asking questions. Uh, and then you'll make appointments to go see people who were like, yeah, you can come and see me and teach a lesson, go do uh, like a Bible study. So you're always and, – and, and it's not just if you've got appointments – you're supposed to be finding in between appointments. So something I hated was called bus contacting, but I had some companies who really loved it because you've got a captive audience. You're on a bus and you're moving at 30 miles an hour. They can't get off. Okay. <laughs> so what they do is they, you sit down and I used to cringe. I was no good at it, but they'd go to the front of the bus. Okay. And they have the book of Mormon out and some pass along cards. And they just start at the front of the bus and stop at every person and try and teach them okay oh. until they got off and then and then you get off and go to your next appointment or if you're walking in between appointments you're supposed to stop everyone along the way because you don't know when the lord will provide the meeting for you to meet that person uh so yeah all the time nine till nine you've got to be finding people and teaching people preaching preaching at all times. was it always a foreign country that you had to go to or because like we see people uh, in our neighborhoods so could they have been from france coming over here i mean i'm just saying you know yeah no I'm, no it's it's it, these days they send people to more exotic places um from where they live i think because uh they want to try and get them to go more because you know if you're a a lot there are a lot more liberal mormons now and i think the cultures really soften down a little bit towards these young men who maybe want to go to university or want to you know just don't want to go on a mission that they're not such social outcasts anymore so the the number of missionaries has dropped so oh, i think really? you know if if you're more likely to get called from the uk to like australia or somewhere my nephew went to australia i uh, i went like half an hour up the road for two years and the stupid thing is at the time that i did it in order to uh, be fully focused on the work the only contact you can have with home were letters or emails and you got to call home on the telephone twice a year you got to what? call you got two calls a year once on mother's day to wish your mother a happy mother's day and once on christmas day to talk to your family oh wow um so i don't know about that one because at least a pioneer in our group only has to put in three hours a day yeah, yeah no. that's amazing y'all got, got that one but, they got, but it's a lifetime appointment yeah that's and, the thing I mean, it's not really a lifetime appointment it's just if you become a pioneer the the, the role of pioneer you never graduate out of that no yeah and we know the whole concept of it once you start like you will not years. stop yeah once you start you will not stop. People do not start pioneering for the purpose of stopping. I'm going to do this until the end comes, is what they'll tell you. Till Jehovah's <laughs> Day arrive. You know, so. Or until they can't do it anymore physically. Yeah, we are. Circumstances yeah, change. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, did you did you ever bump into any Mormon missionaries when you were uh, out pioneering? What yeah. People, people people get mad. You you had like the Mormons came by this morning. and They're y'all here. The seventh event is gonna be here this afternoon. So you know, <laughs> so <laughs> people. But I mean, oh, I, you're, you're giving me an education because I I mean, I always remember seeing them on the bicycles. Did yeah. you did you ride yeah. a bicycle? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, right. You'd have different areas. So some areas, mm -hmm. they'd have said you need a car in that area because it's yeah. so big, right? Uh, it's so spread out. So you need a car to go through all the little towns or whatever it is that you're covering. Yep. But other areas, they might be like, right, you can you can just walk. Like you don't get a car, you don't get a bike, you can get a bus. And then other areas are bike areas where you go mm -hmm. and you you'd ride the bike. That was yeah. that was probably the most fun time because. In between appointments, you didn't have to stop for anything. You could just ride the bike and you didn't have to touch your companion because you were riding a bike and you just, wow. you know, head down some time to yourself um, for 20 minutes before you sit down and preach again. So wow. it was, it's, it's hardcore for two years, but. But let me ask you this question because see with jehovah's witnesses the goal of knocking on doors is to get converts yeah so how were y'all being evaluated i mean what was what was the return on investment for you guys you sent two young guys out to a little town how many people at the end of the year or whatever would actually end up becoming involved in the mormon faith or did y'all just view it as we just gave a we just gave a witness about christ to this little town and hopefully uh, it touches their heart later on no, it's something we call numbers, numbers, numbers. So you talk about the business. A mission is so in in the states in Utah, multi-level marketing schemes are like the number one business because a mission is just a multi-level marketing scheme. Okay, you got the leaders at the top and the praise that flows up and down this triangle. Mm -hmm. So you got your workers at the bottom, and they go out and preach and there are key performance indicators like how many book of mormons did you give away that day how many first discussions did you have how many second discussions did you? so there's there's a list of like lessons that you teach people before they get baptized so you'll have to report all these numbers back every evening to your district leader and then he wow. will report them back up the line to the next one and they'll rep be reported back every day so they'll they'll see where people either aren't doing so well or are doing well according to the numbers, and then those people with with the better numbers will be rewarded, okay? Wow. And they'll they'll track the numbers through the mission. So the elders that are getting the good numbers will then get promoted, and then you'll look after a district. So you have your numbers and you have your district's numbers, and if your district's working hard for you then that praise comes to you as the district leader. And then you pass a bit of it on. So that's the multi-level marketing thing. Yeah. The that's, praise that's the that trickles down. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. yeah. I used to be the secretary in the congregation, and that was one of my responsibilities, was to gather the numbers. And the numbers are used either in your favor, or like you said, or they can be used against you. Yeah. yeah. So in my two years, I baptized 20 people. Um, well, that's good because the average uh, Jehovah's Witness doesn't do that at all. If a Jehovah's Witness can baptize one person in their entire life, they've done a good job because most of them don't. Most people become Jehovah's Witnesses either through personal contacts, family, friends, or they were, they're what we call born in. They just grew up and then they got baptized. 
Yeah. Well, here's. Oh, Lady C, you're on mute. Let me take you off. Or someone, oh, I'm sorry. Or somebody was married to Jehovah's Witness and they converted. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this, though. What is the process from someone knocking on the door? What's like the timeline from knocking on the door to being baptized? Years ago, the, the goal was to meet a person in the ministry. And the way it worked was when, when people really didn't know Jehovah's Witnesses back in the day, and they did not um, have access to the internet to know that this was a cult, it would be six months. So you could actually meet someone at the door. They would be interested. They would study. Back in the day, it was a book called The Truth Book. It was called The Truth That Leads to Eternal Life. Then it became a book called um, uh, Paradise Regained. I think it was that Paradise book. And then you can live forever in paradise. Okay. So from the time that you actually meet one of Jehovah's, uh, Jehovah's at your door, you could be fully indoctrinated within six months. Okay. So, and I think this is where Mormonism has a problem. Three weeks. Okay. Good gracious. Three now weeks. You would, never, you, you would never become a Jehovah's in three weeks. Three weeks from, from yeah, dawn. They, they let you, yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. because they, I think the rules were they need to come to church three weeks in a row. And they need to have had the six lessons um, that are set out. Funnily enough, the fifth one, um, which is tithing, so which is all about the money, the local bishop has to come along to that lesson so that he knows they definitely got the message that they have to pay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They can't be baptized if they've not had the lesson you on understand money. understand there's going to be some money in the yeah. Well, yeah. see, with yeah. the Jehovah's Witnesses, you have two books that you got to study. So the first book, you got to go through that book, and then you have to do a second book. Uh, you have to then be attending meetings at the Kingdom Hall. And definitely before you can baptize as a Jehovah's Witness, you have to be proselytizing yourself, knocking on doors. Then, before you get baptized, I know when I got baptized, I think there was 120 questions I had to go through with one of the elders. So they would sit down and go through 100. I went through 120 questions. And I remember when I was going through my questions, um, my first 20 or 30, I memorized them. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to memorize all these these questions. And so finally, my conductor, because it was his, um, he was he was a special pioneer in my congregation. And he was one of the brothers that did my um, questions. And he goes, oh, you don't have to memorize the questions. You just have to make sure that you agree with these questions. So when we go through the questions with you, if there's something that you don't understand while we're doing the questions, here's your chance to ask us questions to understand what you're agreeing to, right? Okay. So at that point, after I got through my ones that I memorized, then we got to the point where we were having a discussion about that question. Do you understand this question? Do you agree with this question? Do you, now we can move on to the next question. That's how it was done. At least okay. from my personal experience. Yeah. You know? no, Mormons, they'll get them on the records, like before they even know what being a Mormon is. And, and yeah. I think that's why they, they say there's 70 million like Mormons worldwide, but there's only about three or 4 million that actually go to church. <laughs> because because they get people baptized so fast that oh. they leave just as fast as they came. Yeah. 
So yeah, that was why that was why the Watchtower got rid of the six month program. They used to have a six month program. You would only study with someone for six months, and they found out that these people didn't have any depth in the yeah. organization, and so they they would leave. Like like you mentioned, today they want you to be fully indoctrinated, and that is what they do today. They make sure you fully indoctrinated so that you literally are afraid to leave. And that's but the, the thing about the six months. But but the thing about the six month thing is, if the person takes the study the way they're supposed to with the with the with the um conductor, they could literally be fully indoctrinated within that six month period. Wow. Because it doesn't take long to yeah. learn the lingo. Yeah, if you know? someone really wants to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they gotta be doing it every week. They can't be hitting and missing. If they if they were doing it according to the way they that they were prescribed, then they literally could do that. Yeah. No willy nilly. They, they don't want to. Basically, the watchtower position is is along with the numbers. They want people who are going to be loyal, yeah. and that takes time to take a person literally off the street and make them trust some guys out of New York with their very lives. You can't do that in three weeks. They they, they, yeah, they no they, no. They, they, no. They, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know those dudes in New York. I ain't doing. I ain't doing what they say. But, it, but no. after a period of time, once you get the confidence and you they build it into you, then they will, they can tell you, don't take this blood fraction this week, and they yeah. can change it to another blood fraction the next week. And a typical Jehovah's Witness won't miss a beat. Will not miss a beat. Yeah. Well, you, well it, it, it will never happen that way now because the internet is so prevalent oh, and yeah. people are just not going to, they're not going to be there. You know, so the, the, the typical person that becomes a witness today is generally a person that was born and raised in it, mm -hmm. um, decided they didn't want it, went, went out into the world, got into a life of debauchery, ran into a snag, almost got killed or almost whatever you want to call how bad their life could have been. And they come back and say, I'm back. They went into oh, the Jehovah, world. If I would have stayed with you, I would have never yeah. had these bad experiences. And then yeah. it's like they don't realize that they could have just left the religion and they didn't have to live a life of debauchery. Yeah. And they would have been fine. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's like the Amish. You know, the Amish will tell their kids that you can go uh, be in the world. And so you take a kid who's dressed like he looked like he grew up in 1864, send him to New York City with a little, little bag and he get robbed and get back on the bus and go back home. I'm back. It, this, that world is bad out there. Well, what did you expect? This guy, like, he, was, like, he looked like Little House on the Prairie or something, you know. Prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so they set you. And that's what happened with the witnesses. The witnesses don't train their children how to survive in the real world. Yeah. And so when they decide to leave the organization, you don't know how to choose friends. You only chose your friends on how many hours they put in field service. A good Jehovah's Witness knows if this young man right here is 13 years old and he's putting 25 hours a month, 15 magazine, that's a good young man. Well, yeah. not necessarily, but that's the criteria they would use. So yeah. that's how you would judge your friends. You pick your wife. How many hours does my wife do a month? How many magazines? How many Bibles? To, how many meetings does she attend? Those are the criteria you use to get your mate. Well, when you leave the religion, these folks ain't going to the Kingdom Hall. They ain't hawking no Watchtower Bibles and Tract Society books on the weekend. So what criteria do you use to judge them as a potential mate? You don't know. And so you yeah. just grab in. And, and we've seen, especially with our females, They'll leave and they'll grab the first man that come by and say, girl, you're looking good, girl. And so because in the organization, there are very few males. There are very few males who are yeah. eligible as husbands. So you have a lot of single women who they would like to get married. They can't find no brother in the hall. 
manly job, man, man, the neighborhood. He sound nice. He looked nice. And they end up getting involved sometimes with absolute fools. And yeah. at that point, they realize, oh, I left God. And, and so then they come running back to the kingdom. All. It's, it's messed up. You know, yeah. as I tell my wife all the time, the watchtower gives its members a false value system. What is upside down is right up for Jehovah's Witness. What is left is right for everybody else. And so the yeah. witness is literally operating at a negative almost in every aspect of his life. Almost every aspect. He's operating in the opposite direction. Yeah. And when he has a deal with the real world, man, it just slaps him upside the head. Oh, my God. It's really bad. It's really bad. We have we have um in Utah, they like people will get married after knowing each other like three dates. Ooh. Because if you're like an if if he's a return missionary being through Ooh. the temple, she's at BYU, you know, the TBMs, that they're in that like, oh, we love each other, that lust, that first few months when everything's perfect, you know, they won't even go to the toilet in, in your presence and you know what I mean? And uh, you get you she, has make, she has makeup on and her hair is yeah, standing. yeah, like, man, and she's a good every morning. And they'll go get married and have kids, and then five years later, one of them leaves church. They're trying to they, kill each other. And then they get they get divorced and the family yeah. falls apart because their marriage was based upon the goals that were set by the church. Yes. You, oh you, my it, goodness. You take the church out of it. And sometimes, unfortunately, the bottom of the marriage drops out with it, yeah. and and you get that situation. But yeah. when I was that's a mystery, how Jehovah's Witnesses are, uh, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses are just like that. They get married because they, uh, both of them, uh, accept they religion. They want sex. Well, yeah. of, course, of course, of course, that that's it. But when you look at a, a situation where there's only two people in the congregation yeah. that you can choose from as a woman or a man. And then you look, oh, they, well, this is the person here that I wouldn't wouldn't mind marrying because they're they're part of this religion, and that's all you chose them for. Do, do and, you find, um, go ahead. Because because you marry like just Jehovah's Witnesses, mm -hmm. and because it's such a close community, do you find that when you go to other areas and you go to church, some people will be like, mm, we're related, and you're like, what? And then they'll go through this whole thing. Well, he married her. She's his sister, and he married them, and they got married, and that's your brother's sister-in-law. And you're just like, really? Like everyone's just related. Wow. Now that happens to the congregation. That happens because yeah. I happened to my congregation in Ohio, where you had the um, this one, this one um, um, family, and they were all married to each other's siblings and stuff. You, you, something like that. Yeah, 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 everybody got married to somebody in the family, and so oh, you know, sister so and so, that's so and so's sister in law, that's the brother. And my dad would be telling me, Oh, yeah, you know, that's so and so, they that's that's uh, her sister's married to his brother, and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. running out of oh, polygamy, man. A man with eight wives produced seven kids or six kids, man. You're talking 25 kids, it's very likely in that close knit society like that, man. You're gonna run across one of your cousins real quick, man. I, I interviewed a um, uh, ex polygamist. And he was wow. talking about his his grandpa had like fifteen wives. Good God Almighty! And he was saying that his grandpa and other priesthood leaders like that they'll they'll know the exact number of offspring that they have because mm. that's like a, a badge of pride that they wear. And he's like, yeah, we had a family gathering not so long ago because my grandpa hit one thousand offspring. What? Oh my God! Because because he had fifteen wives, and then all oh, of oh. 
all of the sons from them had like five or six wives and so he's like great great grandkids down the line now so throughout it all there's a thousand of them and you're just like man that's crazy okay, but, but they... now, let me ask you a question so we're not, not talking kids. about they're not, not marrying they're not intermarrying they're not they're not marrying relatives we're not talking about that right no so it's like it's like manage, managing the herd so he yep. said okay. the problem they have is the ecosystem they call it because you need dna diversity but you also um need to be supplying the apostles with young girls okay because they might be 80 they still want to be marrying 18 year olds okay so you said 80 an 80 was an 18 year old yeah so yeah so you got 80 85 year old apostles and they want to keep taking wives because that's their that's their right to keep taking wives so they'll be marrying like if it's if it's a first wife they can get married at 15 but usually by that time they're going to marry like 18 year olds because back in the day not so long ago maybe 20 years ago they've been marrying 14 15 year olds because that was before they started putting them all in prison so now they do it by the book and do it at 18 but he was saying the problem then is you get a bunch of guys in the middle who are like 20 30 years old who can't have a wife because all the young girls their age are being married off to the apostles the old <laughs> yeah and they're having like wife number 16 wife number 17 and then there's guys who are doing all they can in the church, but they can't get married because there are no wives to go around. Jive. Exactly. That's I've heard messed that before. Up, man. That's, mess, that's messed up, man. That's <laughs> yeah. messed up. Oh, so, my God. That's like that's the Amish. Up. Isn't it the same thing with the yeah, Amish? Yeah. They do the same thing. Oh, my God. Uh, so, man, you're 26, 27 years old and nice-looking sister, 23, 24, and she got married 80-year-old yeah. dude. I said to that's him, like, what, up, what do you do when, like, if you if you got a crush on someone, because the way that these marriages happen as well is the priest would call the girl in and say, it's time for you to get married. You're getting married to this brother. Then they'll call the brother in and say, you need another wife. You're having this sister. And then they send him away. And sometimes they get married that night because oh. that's, that's the responsibility. And this is the responsibility yeah. of the brother to have like 50 kids. And then they use them kids as child labor to go work construction yeah. and that no. pays for all the houses and the church owns all the houses because then the money goes back to the church and tithe the church and the church Are you has, serious? the church will have they have their own banking system so it's it's a proper bank that they've set up but it has all the money stays in their bank and if if say like a wife wanted to go get money out of the bank to run away she can't do it without her mm. husband coming with her to get the money or what do they want the money for so your money is tied up and they'll make checks out in your name and different things to the church there's a lot of money issues that go on because i mean what does everyone want in this life it's it's the power it's the power of sex the power of money and yeah. the power to just kind of sc- yeah. screw everyone else around you you know what I mean? Let me ask you this, um, PD. So you're talking about the church. Are we talking about the the whole church, like where the where the headquarters is? Are we talking about each individual church is run where they take certain monies from the people that belong to that congregation? Okay, so when I say the church, I mean the whole church. Okay. Um, so, but that's Mormonism that I was a part of doesn't do that. 
these are you're talking about the sects that have broken away, broke away and still away. practice polygamy mm-hmm. um, oh. and live in their own towns and compounds, have their own police forces. And it's a bit like um, David, the whole David Koresh thing that okay. still goes on today um, in Utah and Idaho and Montana, places like that. So, yeah, they're still. Oh, it's, it's, I didn't realize there were that amazing. many splinter groups from the Mormons. There's over 500. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. But the, the missionary work that we were on, this is something I wanted to bring up with you. Something I'd like to try and do is I figured if I could get people who were already religious to come and be a Mormon, I'm already halfway there with teaching them about God and the Bible and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I would take um, I every Sunday, we'd go to our church in the morning, and then in the afternoon, we'd go to another church, another denomination. Because um, you need to know what the enemy's planning, you know? You've got to be able to say, uh, you know, well, we're better than you. And everyone come in and learn with us. So we'd go to, you know, like Pentecostal churches. We'd go to the Methodist. The Seventh-day Adventist loved us. Um, we'd actually go around with a local pastor to all of his congregations on a Sunday afternoon um, because he liked us to preach to the congregations. Um, but we went to the Jehovah's Witnesses one time. So dressed in our suits with our tags on, our name badges on. It was like a Wednesday night or something. And we went, and oh my gosh! <laughs> like, like I thought. I, so I went to a Methodist church, and they asked me to leave as soon as I walked in. The, really? We, we sat down. The 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 pastor or whoever it was, minister, came over, and he said, "Look, guys, we know what you're here for. Just save us all some time and just leave." We went to the Jehovah's Witnesses, and it was like being choked with honey. Everyone was so nice but I felt like everyone had got a six shooter in their pocket ready to shoot me. Okay. Like the, the brothers came over straight away and they were like, um, you know, Oh, welcome. You know, it's it's amazing that you're here. Come on in, come on in, you know, Oh, come and sit over here with this family who were obviously the most Jehovah's witness people that were there Come with them. And it was almost you like still we, with a rig upon your couple. Yeah, yeah. They they were like, go go and sit down and and sit with them. And they talked to us all throughout, telling us what was happening and everything. But not one chance did we have of talking just to anyone. You know, it was like let's line them up. You know, you can talk to as many people as you want to, but we're going to choose the people that you speak to. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we didn't we didn't go back, but and they had um, a chance to count time on you during the meeting. Yeah, yeah. they were counting time <laughs> on you, man. Yeah, they they wrote that down. I, I spent 13 minutes talking to this guy. <laughs> yeah, they count time, man. Yeah, when Jehovah's Witnesses are out, man, they on the clock. That's why people tell him, you know, don't let no witness in your house. He's on the clock, man. He at work. He's at work. Right. <laughs> talk so to the cool. You the, deaf, man. The, the one thing you guys have got though that is amazing is the book of reasoning. Yes, um, yes because we, yes. we don't have that. Okay, so oh, Mich- the reasoning book. You talking about the, yeah. book, the, the book called the reasoning from the scriptures? Yes, conversation yeah. stoppers. Yeah, so you say I, A, I say B. Yeah, it's like a script. It's like it what, is. what to do when a Mormon answers the door. What to say? 
I read, I oh got a God. copy of that as a Mormon missionary I and I that. loved it. Yeah, it man. was amazing. Or, or like, because it's got, so for anyone who doesn't know, and I'm sure, you know, you guys can explain it better than me, but it's, it's a book that you carry around and it's got the answer to everything. Anything anyone could say, it has got the Watchtower's approved answer right there. And you can just, you can just pull it out and be like, read the script. You're a Mormon? Okay, let me tell you what they told me to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't have that we're just riffing we're just you're like Buddhist, you're, you're, you're muslim we got you covered we got you covered we got you covered yeah yeah exactly no, that awesome. that's yeah. So i forgot all about that book yeah we sure do yeah. i think hey, we still have our copy don't we <laughs> yeah we do no it's a good one but when it comes to the score what do we reckon <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just that equally is um, crazy, man. Crazy. Did so give us our point? Did we get our gonna, point on that one? Did you I'm give us give a us, point? I'm going to give us a point each. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I, think, I think I think crazy, we're boy. we're equally as, as committed. All right, all right. Let's. Oh, that is so crazy. That is so let's crazy. Let's see. Um, the the brethren have had a special meeting and uh, and they want to figure out. Oh, what number did we just do? We don't want the same number. 